please welcome my dad and our governor, Tim Walz. Wow. I hope uh, I should probably quit right now after that. So uh, uh, thank you. You're an incredible daughter. Um, I'm so incredibly proud of you. And uh, it's, uh, it's gratifying to see me be able to see you as the young lady you've become. So thank you for that. Um, to my incredible partner, who we've walked side by side through a lot of adventures together, someone that I'm inspired by every day. And when it seems like it's going to get tough, there's no one else you'd want beside you than my beautiful wife and our first lady, Gwen Walls. And being the dad of a 15-year-old boy, he is at a sporting event tonight. So Gus, we love you, we love you. Wow. To our incredible Lieutenant Governor, I am inspired every single day by Peggy Flanagan. I'm inspired by the care and the compassion and the vision, but I think what you know too, by the fierceness in her heart to make sure that every single child gets the opportunity to thrive and be the person they deserve to be. Lieutenant Governor Flanagan. To all of these folks behind me, as I look out across this room and to each and every one of you, I see old friends from Laverne, I see folks from Little Falls, my old Mankato buddies, many of us who spent a lot of time doing trivia down in the teacher's lounge together. Bill, you know who you are. Um, and so many friends and new friends who are here. As we gather today on the ancestral homelands of the Dakota people, and I think about the values that we all share together. In a world of turmoil and chaos at times, I wake up every day fortified and grateful to be associated with the people in this room and the values of the DFL party. It's been an honor of a lifetime to serve as the governor of Minnesota. And I'm incredibly proud of what we've done together. You don't pick this job and then get to pick the issues you have. You're entrusted by it, by the people of Minnesota. And the expectation is to carry out this job to the best of your ability, with the interest of every single Minnesotan at the forefront, their safety and security and their well-being. And as you've said it, as many, and it's been said, and I, I will acknowledge this, these two years have been unlike any of us in our lifetime have seen. And there have been challenges, and they have not been equally spread out. Some had the ability to be able to stay home or the resources to be able to get their family through. Others were sent back into workplaces that could have taken not only their lives, but their families. And many of those people went back into those workplaces to ensure that the rest of us were safe or our children were cared for. 
or our food was being able to be processed. All of those things. But I'm proud to come from a state where we listen to the science, where we listen and lead with compassion and heart for others, where we care what happens to our neighbors and we do the things necessary. And the Lieutenant Governor's right. There were choices to be made. And to be very clear, there are folks that telling you, we wouldn't have done it that way. We wouldn't have done the things that this administration did. As you saw today in the paper, they listed all the states by the death rates amongst their citizens. Just be absolutely clear. Had they not done it our way, we could have been at the top of the list with states like Mississippi, where people died in huge numbers, where the economy was undermined. This isn't a game of political games. These are decisions that impact the lives of people across this state and across this nation. And despite those challenges, despite those challenges, Minnesotans found it in their heart to come together. They found resiliency. We pioneered treatments in testing and in vaccines, in new ways to test wastewater, to find out where COVID was. And our hospitals and our care systems figured out unique ways. And when things got really tough, we called on fellow citizens to help, like the National Guard, to come in and help their fellow citizens. And in the midst of that, we made progress on the issues that impact people's lives in meaningful ways. We finally started to make a down payment on funding our education system to give every child a world-class education. When there were those that tried to take away Minnesota care by underfunding those issues, we not only fought back, we were able to expand it and we were able to make sure that things like the price of insulin were brought down so people were not making the choice that could cost them their lives. We look to those heroes that we talked about, the ones that were there in the hospitals, in the childcare, in the grocery stores, doing the things, in the pharmacies. Folks that couldn't get on Zoom and have a meeting in their pajamas. They had to go to work. We did not know, you remember the early days of COVID? What we were seeing in Japan and Italy was horrific. We were cleaning groceries off because we didn't know how it was spread. And yet there were brave heroes going about that work first responders who were responding to fires and providing CPR to their neighbors, even though they knew it could be a risk to them. Those were the heroes. And because of some of the folks up here and the legislators, especially led by Speaker Hortman, we were able to provide hero pay to those very people. And I want to be very clear. None of us in elected office would have got those things done for those workers if it wouldn't have been for the collective voice of labor in Minnesota that stood strong. The working men and women in organized labor, the folks that understand that labor rights are human rights, the folks that stood to put respect and dignity and safety in the workplace and understand that social issues come from the workplace, Across Minnesota, we made it clear, this state is pro-labor and will always be pro-labor.
We passed the largest infrastructure spending bill in state history to make sure that our precious infrastructure, whether it was our state colleges and universities, our roads and bridges, infrastructure across every corner of the state that says we are our neighbor's keepers and we are glad to help in all corners of the state because that's what makes us strong. We're in it together. And when times got tough and all of our families experienced it, we were there to try and provide help. We passed some of the toughest legislation around wage theft in this country. We passed legislation to attack the scourge of opioid addiction to making sure that no family experiences the loss that comes with addiction and the fentanyl epidemic. We were able to make sure that when drought and things hit, we were there for our farmers. Because once again, no one in this room forgets it. And as much as the folks on the other side will try and do this, working people, farmers, those that care deeply about this state, find a home in the DFL party. And we can't do everything because there's a little bit of a hiccup in having everything we propose get stopped in the Senate. We've got great allies in the House that make things happen. But when it came time on critical things, as you heard the Lieutenant Governor talk about the issue of protecting our LGBTQ, especially our trans youth, we used the executive power of this office to ban the despicable treatment of conversion therapy in this state. But we've got work to do. We need to continue to move forward. I know that not every person in this state has the same opportunity to thrive. I'm incredibly proud as a public school teacher that our public schools rank among the best in the nation. We should be proud. But I know Mike, I know my fellow educators know there's more work to be done. When we disaggregate that data, we know we're leaving behind our students of color. We must do better. We are responsible for that future, and we must do better. As we think about moving forward, just one week ago, in this very spot, there's a very different vision of what Minnesota could look like. And Maya Angelou once said, and this is some of the most, the wisest words you can hear, when someone tells you who they are, believe them. Believe them. When our opponents stood on this stage and threatened to jail one of the most honorable and effective public servants this state and country has ever seen in Secretary Steve Simon, they've told you what they believe. When they stood on this stage, and promise to defund public schools, believe them. When they stood on this stage, two white guys telling you they are going to tell women about their reproductive rights and ban abortion, believe them. And just over the last day, as we work hard in the only divided legislature in the country 
to craft a bipartisan budget solution that will put money back in the pockets of Minnesotans, that will invest in education, that will make sure that we have public safety and treating our citizens with the respect and dignity they deserve by providing health care and child care, and that deal is ready to be done. The folks who stood on this spot said, reject it and don't sign it. Believe them. That's what they would do. And they didn't have enough time to list off everything from 1950 that they would like to do. <laughs> but I believe them. I believe them. And if you think out there, if you think they're stopping with the restriction of abortion rights, you're not paying attention. They are going to tell you who you can and cannot marry. You can rest assured that that is coming on the heels of this. And then to ensure that it makes it difficult for us to gather and make this happen, they will start restricting the right to vote. They promise to do so. And again, I don't need to tell you anything. Those were the words spoken from this stage as they talked about what Minnesotans want to see is jailing people they disagree with, putting women in a position to challenge their health, defunding our public schools, making it more difficult to vote, and ignoring the climate crisis. That's what they told us. So I want to be very clear. Believe them. Maya Angel was right. They told us who they are. But here's the good news. They are never going to be in this office to do any of those things. As, as, we don't have term limits. Well, just a, <laughs> no, don't write that one. <laughs> but you can rest assured, as long as Peggy Flanagan and I have the trust and the support of the people of Minnesota, not on our watch. That's our line, not on our watch. But I tell you what will happen on our watch, the things that we've learned during the pandemic, the things that we've come to address face first about the inequities in this state and the racial disparities, and we can now get beyond the polite Minnesota conversations of, as Lieutenant Governor says, when a tough conversation starts to happen, somebody says, let's have pie, and that question quits. We're done having pie. Black, brown, and indigenous Minnesotans need to not only be heard and seen, they need to be at the table making the decisions that impact their lives. But how about we? How about we tell them who we are and what the next four years will mean? I'll tell you how it'll start out. Let's start out by fully funding our public schools and respecting our teachers. Let's start out and make Minnesota the best state for paid family leave and safe and sick time in this state. And here's a novel idea in 2022 in the largest, one of the largest agricultural states and areas in the entire world. Let's get rid of lunch tickets and just feed our kids. Let's just feed our kids.
and for the, for the parents out here and for the employers out there. Let's make sure that we have affordable, accessible, quality childcare for every person in Minnesota. We can start our kids out right. We can do the things that we know puts them on a road to success. We can close our achievement gaps and we can create the world-class workforce that will be there for the next 100 years. Those are the things we can do. We're not interested in jailing people who don't agree with us. We're not interested in taking away your freedoms to make your own health care decisions. We're not interested in taking away your right to vote just because you lose elections and spend the next two years crying about it. We won the election. We won the election. They can get used to that feeling of losing an election, too. But we have to start thinking about the future, things we can do, correct some of the things that we know are still out there. One of the simple things we should have done, because we know of the racial inequities caused by it, the amount of pain we put into it, it makes no sense in 2022. We should legalize adult-use cannabis just to make the system work better. And, and if we're going to set up a world where we value all of our children, it's well past time and I'm a little bit confused because the folks who stood up here last week agreed with me on this not that long ago. We need to pass background checks and red flag laws to get guns off the streets and reduce crime. And I know this is a tough and it's a challenge. And I'm proud that Minnesota became the first state off the coast and the first state in the Midwest to move to clean cars legislation. We have an aggressive partnership to move to 100% renewables by 2040, we have the opportunity to take head on. It is no longer a debate. It is no longer that there is not sure of where this is at. It is clearly an issue that we need to address. We both need to mitigate, we need to plan for the future, we need to build with resiliency, and we need to make sure that we're very clear about this. Just like so many other societal issues, whether it's healthcare access, education, or whatever, be absolutely certain of this. The climate crisis will hit the communities least able to be supported by this. It will hit communities of color, and it will do what we always do. It will put those communities at a disadvantage. It will make it more difficult to close those gaps and make this a fairer, freer, and more equitable Minnesota. That's the reason we address climate change. I know you're hearing it and I'm hearing it. Oh, it's a midterm, it's gonna be a bad year. It's gonna to be tough. It's gonna to be hard because there's inflation, which there is and it's real. It's real, that's what happens when supply chains get broken and we need to address them. We need to make sure Minnesotans have the money in their pocket. We need to make sure that we're reducing those long-term costs like childcare, like healthcare, that make it easier for folks to get by. So it's not gonna be easy, but it's not supposed to be easy. We need to take this message to all corners. And I'll tell you this, I will not give up on a single corner of this state. And I have more energized and more committed that the message that we stood here four years ago and delivered is the same message. We are one Minnesota. We are one state that can do better together. So on behalf of Lieutenant Governor Flanagan, my family, and all Minnesotans, thank you for being here to make sure that our values are heard, to make sure that we are energized in this election, 
to make sure that we're doing the hard work and having the conversations with our neighbors. I reject the notion that we can no longer win in some parts of Minnesota. You know what I think? I think people in all parts of Minnesota care about health care, care about their public schools, care about their neighbors, care about those things that each and every one of us care about. And we need to take that message. And we need to not let them get distracted. Because I'll tell you this, I taught in a public school classroom for 20 years. My door was always open. My syllabus was always printed. And you were welcome to come there. So I don't want to hear this now that you're showing up and harassing school boards because you're unhappy that we're actually telling truth about who we are. Telling truth about who we are. Every, every parent is welcome. Every parent should be there. Every parent has a say. But don't throw stones. Come to solve the problem. Come with us into that classroom. Make a difference. That's who we are. So I can tell you this. I am energized along with my partners and all of us up here. I am energized because the fight that we're fighting is the right one. And we can do this with compassion and competency, not conspiracy theory. We can do it with decency and we can do it with effectiveness. Not spreading lies about elections or telling people that science shouldn't be believed or if someone you disagree with deserves to be jailed. I cannot imagine being in a room where people cheer on those things rather than this room who cheers when we talk about giving our kids a quality education, lifting up healthcare, solving the climate crisis, and making our streets safer. So to each and every one of you of the delegates who have spent so much time and effort this is where it begins. And I'd just like to say, I humbly and gratefully accept your endorsement for the governor of Minnesota. Thank you.